Hey, welcome to the Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's been a little while since we've done a podcast. Um, As you know, I've been getting the uh, YouTubes up and running, and that has been a lot of fun. Glad I'm finally getting it going. And um, anyhow, so we're we're off and running. Um, Today I want to talk a little bit about um, some things we've spoke about before, Uh, but there was a a video I watched this morning that kind of really made me think again about taking my own advice, right? Um, so you've heard me say before, if you have ideas that just get it out there in any form that you can, um, and then refine it as you go, it's kind of like, you know, putting out a beta version of a, of an app and then seeing how it uses and then having daily updates that fix it up. If, if you guys, you, you know, go to your app store and go to your, your, um, uh, settings, you know, that you'll see that there's updates that need to be done every day or, you know, just bug fixes here and there. And all that's great because it's like they can't perfect everything and then put it out there. If they take the time to do that, time will pass them by. So if you have ideas, if you have, if you want to try something, if you want to do something in your career, you got to put it out there and not just be not scared to put it out there, but get it out there because as I've said, it's that feeling of missing out that can really drive you crazy. And so when I hear things, uh, I hear things all the time. Today was no different where a, a, a well-respected strength coach says something. And I'm always afraid when I hear that. And again, I'm glad I hear it because it's validation. Validation that things that I'm doing and that I've been saying for years, um, at least is the agreed upon consensus by some of the top strength coaches. So that always feels good, right? To get that sort of, you know, okay, look, these people who are, you know, very, very well respected in the business are saying and doing the same thing. So that's always a good thing. But I'll be honest, as a coach, sometimes you, 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 you strive to be original so bad that, you know, I, you, you hear something and you don't want to repeat it. You don't want to go with it because then you won't, you don't want to be labeled as just copying somebody else. So if I if I w- listen to a video and a, and a strength coach says to do X, Y, and Z, and I happen to agree with that, that's that should be a good thing, right? That should be like, oh yeah, see, that's exactly what I've been saying. But if I go and tell my clients that, or if I go and, and tell other people that, all that does it make is make it sound like I'm, you know, trying to uh, attach myself to what other people are saying just because they're popular and that it may not have been my idea. And if it was my idea, if I really did believe that, how come I hadn't said or done some of those things before? And so that's where for me, the idea of getting your ideas out and putting it out there in the, uh, in the ether, so to speak, is a good thing because it sets the tone um, for you to build on and for you to not be afraid to agree with people, disagree with people, um, change your own opinions based on what information is out there. But at least you are putting yourself out there and you're not being reactionary. If we're always reacting to what's out there and you're not following your own thought and your own intuitions, then you might, it's not to say that you won't have a successful career, but it may not be as fulfilling to you and you may not be um, sought out as that content expert, if that's your goal. It may not be your goal. 
Um, but let's be honest, if we're, if we're all, you know, independent contractors, we're trying to run our own businesses, obviously we want to be successful and we want to be seen as experts, right? So you can't just react or I can't just ride the coattails of what other coaches are saying. But at the same time, and this is the, this is the crux of the video or the, the video that I watched today, you can't go the opposite way either. You can't listen to what the top people are saying and then do 180 degrees differently and pretend that you're coming up with something new and innovative just to turn some heads. So again, the video I've been referencing is a video by uh, Zach Tellender and Max Aida, who are uh, very, very well-respected weightlifting coaches. Um, one works for Juggernaut Training Systems, that's Max. And Zach uh, is a weightlifting coach, YouTube personality. He also, I believe, still coaches for Texas A&M as a strength coach. At least he used to. I, I'm not 100% sure if he still does. Um, don't follow him that closely, but I do enjoy his his content. Uh, he's he's funny and uh, he's a really good weightlifting coach, and, and that's uh, you know, that's what I like to do. So um, that's how I found those guys. But the thing is, every time I watch one of their videos, whether it's a Juggernaut video or um, or one of Zach's, there are things in that video that I agree with almost almost every time because they're good. They're good coaches. No way to, no two ways about it. And I agree with just about everything they say. Um, so looking at this video that are, that they, they were talking to a coach of, uh, Goda, um, greatest of all time athletes. It's a training system that, that uses movement, um, loading particular movements or moving in a particular way is completely misunderstood by everybody else and they know that they know the secret they they have unlocked um or are now letting people understand the true science behind motion and movement i, I don't know all of goda um I've, I've seen them a couple times pop up in my feed i've never really paid attention to them um, and so to be honest, I'm not going to speak too much about it, but from what I can gather, it's, it's like a lot of these other, uh, as they say in the video, woke coaches who are, are probably seeing the same videos that I see. They're probably reading the same articles, looking up to a lot of the coaches that are out there, like the Zach Tellenders and the Max Aida, the Jeff Cavaliers, some of the well-respected online personalities, right? Because not just because they're good online, but because they have in-person people they train that have competed at a high level, very, very high level, pros, high levels in the Olympics, things like that. So these people have earned their respect and now they have a following on, on YouTube versus um, you're trying to just be a personality online um, without the credentials to back it up. And by credentials, I don't mean you know degrees and certifications. I mean the pedigree of your athletes. And that's something that I you know, look for when I'm following someone or when I look up to someone or when I, you know, whatever, as Max said in the video, it's the critical thinking piece that is, um, really missing. So in other words, when people, you know, like myself, they see a video of theirs and they agree with it or they disagree with it, or they might agree with it, but they're like, I can't put out content that's exactly like them for fear of making it sound like I'm just, you know, riding their coattails or that I don't have an original thought. And so why listen to me when they could just listen to the original source? And that's, that's, there's some truth to that. So what a lot of people do is they go the opposite way. They overcomplicate things. They make things up 
They make up exercises that may not be terribly bad, but they're overly complicated. They have a high risk reward, um, you know, ratio. It's just, there's better ways to do it than what they're trying to do. And a lot of them do it just to make themselves sound smarter, um, sound, you know, better, but really it comes off as they sound pretentious and they sound like they're laughing in the face of every strength coach that's ever been out there because everyone else has got it wrong except for them. And they won't listen to anyone else's opinions. Now that's kind of where they were talking about in this video. But what I'm, what I want to get to here, here in, in my content here is getting back to what I said before is if you have ideas, put them out there. Don't wait for other people to say it because I do agree when, when, when strength coaches put out a video, that's just, um, great, just a good video. I'm a little bummed. Um, I don't, I don't hate on those coaches. I, I love it. I love the content and, and, and secretly deep down, it does give me some, some pride and pleasure knowing that I've been saying the right things, or at least what I would agree is the right thing. Um, but I'm jealous. I mean, that's, that's the, the straight forward truth is I get jealous. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I want to, I want to be the one leading the, the charge and putting out content. And then I start to think, well, why aren't you Pete? You tell your listeners all the time to do that. And so that's why I, um, have said that many times, put out the content when you have it, when you have ideas, get it out there. So I say that to say this, uh, I want to, I want to talk about a couple things that, that, uh, this is, this is not any relation to the video. That was just the, the thought of, I saw that video and it made me, you know, say, okay, I've got to listen to my own advice and just say some things. So one thing I want to say is when it comes to training, it's not that hard. Now, don't don't take this the wrong way. Yes, it can be hard to get started. It can be hard to stay on a workout program. But the programming, the X's and the O's and understanding those things, people are making it very, very complicated for no reason. Um, I don't want to just sit here and say calories in and calories out. I don't want to say, oh, you just got to do this to do that. But consistency, you know, proper exercise selection for what you're after. Again, sticking to those nine training principles that I have said over and over and over and over again. Um, I say that because it's true. So that is something that I have stuck with my entire career and I have not changed. I haven't seen anything that's going to make me change my opinion on that. And by that, I mean, yeah, if you have all of those nine principles met, there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. So you can, uh, you know, work on strength by doing three sets of five or five sets of three or 80%, 90%. There's a lot of different ways you can go about getting stronger. A lot of different protocols you can follow. Some are good. Most, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that's out there. Some of them, it's not good, but it's not like there's one program is, is my point. Um, so you can find something that works for you. And, or you can hire a coach that will help you find out what's best for you. And again, it's not always, they're not always going to have the answer the first time you walk in the door. And if they do, that should raise that critical thinking idea, right? Like, Hey, wait a minute. They just met me. How do they know what motivates me? How do they know what is best for me? They don't even know, um, all my lifestyle. In fact, I lied in my intake form cause I was too embarrassed to tell them the truth. Right. But they already have a solution for me. Hmm. That seems odd because they don't. 
And, and if they tell you they do, again, red flag. But what I'm getting at is, I think, I always come back to this. Good old-fashioned getting stronger. Now, can we... Should we train our cardiovascular system in flexibility and mobility? Absolutely. That should, you know, we want to train all parameters. But finding a good linear progression to start an undulating uh, progression, uh, periodization, you know, if you're a little bit more advanced, um, different day splits, whatever works for your schedule. But finding something that's somewhat basic and being consistent, practicing overload, progression, safety. Uh, knowing that there's diminishing returns, there's um, reversibility, use it or lose it, all of these principles, okay? That's not all of them, but that's those are some main ones. But if, as long as you're sticking to those principles, you will make progress. You will make progress in your physicality. Now, there's nutrition. That's a whole other piece to it. Obviously, there's some things there. Um, at that point, we're looking at calories in and calories out on the nutrition side. Um, if you're trying to gain weight, a surplus, you're trying to lose weight, a deficit. Um, but... Again, you want to be smart and have the right types of foods, you know, less processed foods. And again, what I'm getting at here is that there are some basic fundamentals that have been around for a long time. One of the things that I love to do is read old history books. And those of you who have come to my Odd Lift Saturday class know that I love to take old school lists like that look at the history, the origin, why they came up with that, what they did, and then how they um, would interpret that move for, you know, in other words, when they were teaching that move, what they, how, what they touted as the benefits of those moves and how that has not really changed over the last 100 150 years in the sense that I can go back and I can look at guys like Arthur Saxon and I can look at guys like uh, Eugene Sandow, Professor Attila, um, all of these guys that were were foundation um, setters, you know, trend setters, if you will, back then, but they were setting the, the the groundwork for what we know as strength conditioning today. They may not have been able to study the physiology as detailed as we are. Exercise physiology as a as a science has only been around since the late 1800s. So it's it they didn't have the technology then and the understanding but they understood because they practiced it. They knew that lifting weights um, would be beneficial to them. They knew that um, uh, you know, walking would be beneficial. Eating good foods would be beneficial. They knew all of these things because they saw it in practice. But on top of that, they also, um, their exercise selection would do, say, say things like windmills or the bent press um, looked at or would, would have you bending and twisting. So they were working multi-planar movements. They were working um, all sorts of different things. Hello. 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 You're on the podcast. Hello. This is podcast. Chelsea podcasting, getting her keys out of the office. Going on a lunch run? Yes. All right. I'll be here. Do you want dinner from last night? Sure. Dinner from last night would be good. Can you tell our listeners what dinner for last night was? Healthy chicken fried rice. Healthy chicken fried rice. It was amazing, to be honest. I almost wanted to eat the rest of it, but then I thought, we'll have lunch. All right, I'll be back. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Um, so again, they had 
pretty much all the bases covered. They lifted heavy. They lifted light for you know muscular endurance. They they did a lot of rotational exercises um, to work on flexibility and mobility. But they also um, would uh, do things like high rep, you know, that would get their heart rate up. So kind of like our high intensity training now. Uh, you could, you, and if you read Arthur Saxon, there's a lot of things that he talks about. I mean, he, I kind of, I kind of consider him the first CrossFitter, right? He he promoted being a jack of all trades, master of none. Although he did have some strength records, um, the thought was he, his goal was to, you know, be as diverse and well-rounded as possible but his the way he ate was very um you know uh wasn't necessarily a carnivore diet but he he had fruits and vegetables a very paleo like diet although it wasn't extremely paleo um but it was it was very similar to something like that and and he had um you know his own system but it was very very if you look at science now and dissect his system, it works. It works. You can still get results from it. You can. There are scientific principles that back up what he was claiming, even though he didn't know those science principles. He wasn't claiming that there was science behind it. He was just claiming, look, this is what I did and I got really strong. I've, ha I've trained a lot of other people in the same way and they've gotten strong and fit and lean and sculpted and whatever. So the point is, um, a lot of that stuff has been around. We... We have made advances and we've understood things better and we've understand that specificity and individuality, those two training principles uh, really are, are where a lot of the variety comes in, right? Because everyone's different. Everyone responds differently. So that being said, going back to the video I, I watched earlier today, uh, the woke coaches that are out there, um, are doing a disservice by saying that their system is far superior. They may be able to back up their claims with, with some scientific literature, but uh, as they said in the video, you can cherry pick that literature. And, and, and we've known that. And I could do the same. I could tell you, um, I could write out a program and I could go find articles that will support that. And probably other people could find articles that would say, oh, maybe you should do it this way. The point is, um, there are some principles, these nine principles that I have said over and over and over and over again. And I'm saying them again today. And if you haven't picked up on it, that's the point of this podcast is if you stick with these principles, you will get results. Now, that's from the physical side. The nutrition's different. Obviously, you guys stick to nutrition. But the nine principles are for training purposes. So when it comes to exercise selection and the individuality and the specificity and, and um, reversibility, diminishing returns and, and the others, these are things that um, if you don't know how to do, you find a strength coach or a trainer that does know these things and will help you with these things. And if they're not using these principles, they're not going to be um, successful long-term. So let's go to one of those principles and that is safety. That seems like the most basic one, right? Do do things that are safe and don't injure you so that you can continue to have progress. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So when you look at some of these things, um, some of these exercises that are being promoted, um, that risk-reward ratio I mentioned earlier is just out of whack. And there is so much um, that is not safe about some of those exercises. Not that they're not effective, not that, they're, that they can't produce the results the coach is claiming, 
but that they're at such a high risk of injury that why there's other ways to do it. And that's, that's my point. Um, and then some of these, uh, coaches that you see out there that are taking, um, a really detailed look into biomechanics in terms of certain movement patterns. And they're, they're, I'm not going to sit here and call, uh, people out, but like the people Max and Zach were talking to, they, they actually interviewed a guy from this. And then the video I saw was a reaction to that interview. Um, I mean, the, the guy, the guy was so really arrogant that his way was, or the way his, his gym followed was, was far superior than anybody else. Not only, not only was it, um, um, better, it was just a good way, but it was far superior. And that if you didn't do that, you were setting yourself up for inevitable injury. And that, that's just, that's not good to say. I mean, because everyone's different and you can point out anecdotal evidence on both sides of the coin. Uh, you know, Max and, and Zach could say they, they've seen, you know, they've trained weightlifters by squatting heavy, front squats, back squats, clean snatches, presses, and they've never, they've had, you know, athletes that never get injured. In fact, USAW puts out studies weightlifting as a sport when coached properly is one of the least injurious sports there is you know if done safely it doesn't cause a lot of injuries there's always accidents but it, the sport itself doesn't cause a lot of injuries people get hurt when they step outside of the the bounds so to speak or you know or a freak accident they just slip or they 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 go for an extra rep when they really don't need to Th those kind of things um, so I'm not saying you can't get hurt during those sports, but you know, things happen, but by and large, it's a relatively safe sport. And that's what they're saying. But you could point out some injuries on the flip side, these people talking about, you know, oh, if you don't do it in this particular movement pattern, if you don't, you know, load this way and have the spirals as the go to people would say, that's basically a fancy way of saying torque. If you're not doing all of that, then you're just doing it wrong and you are going to inevitably have dysfunction and other – you might get good at that one thing you're doing, but you try to do anything else and you won't be able to load your um, movement properly. And again, that goes back to one of the principles of not just specificity, but individuality as well. But spe specificity, training for a specific sport. Yes, I, it makes perfect sense. If I take a football player, or let, let's let's take a sport that's a little bit more um, um, specific, like um, what would be a good one here? Um, well, let's take a runner. Okay, let's take a runner who who runs straight ahead, right? A cross country runner or or a running on the track. Yeah, they only turn left, right? Uh, but they they run. They they move forward, right? That's that's their sport. They could be high level athletes. And, and top of their game, but you put them on a soccer field and they could get injured because all the cutting and the change of direction that they do, their body isn't used to that, right? That makes perfect sense. So that's all these guys are trying to say in this Goda or um, Dr. Joel Seedman. I know I said I wouldn't call people out, but they're, they're, using, they're using that principle and trying to use it against general convention, which is they're saying, you need to be training this way to adapt so you can do anything. And basically all they're saying is you need to look at the, you know, be an individual and, and train. Um, well, they're not, they're not saying being an individual, but they're, they're, they're 
unknowingly or knowingly using that individuality and specificity I'm saying if you train specifically for something, you're going to be deficient in another area. And that is true. So you have to understand that. But at the same time, if your goal is general fitness, then yes, you should be training a lot of different things. They could make an argument that training an athlete in all these different movement patterns uh, would, would set themselves up for um, better results. In other words, if I take a, a, a running back in football and only train him in certain movement patterns, that anything outside of that would be would potentially cause injury, which is true. However, if, if a good strength coach is looking at what a running back does, they do everything. They cut, they run, they jump, they dive, they twist, they turn. All of So yes, I would be training them in all of those different movement patterns and trying to load it properly. So again, that's not doing anything different than what we're already doing. It's just slick packaging. And credit to them for building a whole system around that. But when you look at what they're touting and what they're, they're overanalyzing, it's that, that uh, paralysis by analysis uh, scenario where they're just really making things way overly complicated. And to me, that's just, it's, it's confusing and it's, it's not confusing on, as, as in, I don't understand it. It's confusing to, to try to digest all of that. And, 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 you know, when we can just squat, we can lunge, we can do some rotation exercises like windmills or, uh, cable, uh, ab rotations. We can do, um, snatches and cleans and deadlifts, presses, uh, rows, some basic movements to strengthen our muscles in compound ways in different movement planes and be a pretty good all-around athlete. Are there lots of little bells and whistles we could add to it? Absolutely. And there's certainly a case to be done. So for example, um, and this is how I'm going to end the podcast today. If and, a, and you've heard me say this about speed training before. All the little you know, agility ladder and, uh, the explosive one leg exercises and the jumps and the twists landing on one leg, you know, in a, in a knee up position that 90 degrees, everyone's talking about 90 degree angles. Everything's 90 degrees. That stuff's not wrong, but when you study some of those things, especially when you talk to them or not talking, when you, when you consume their content only via YouTube and or Instagram, uh, without, looking at their entire system, it looks like that's it. That's all you have to do. And that's what, how it's going to make you a better athlete. And yes, you can do all of those things, but you can also, uh, it should also be getting generally stronger and following those nine principles in order to get yourself stronger and, and better foundation to then use some of those other modalities, those other exercises in, say, the preseason uh, style of training or, or season of training. So if you listen to the, our YouTube channel today, I talked all about in-season training and the different seasons that you have. So the preseason, which I'll talk about in another YouTube episode, is when we start to fine-tune sport-specific movements or, in this case, um, just specific movements. So some of the things that these coaches are, are, are saying are not necessarily wrong. They're just over putting over importance on certain things. When I think, and this is my opinion, general strength training, getting just generally stronger is the way to go. And yes, 
you should train in different movement patterns. You shouldn't just be in, you know, the sagittal or just in the frontal plane or just whatever. You need all, you know, all different planes, transverse plane as well. So, uh, not really a rant today, but again, just wanting to get out this idea that we are over what you see online in the fitness industry today is overcomplicating things. It's not that difficult. And, and again, I don't mean difficult to do or difficult to adhere to. Lots of people struggle with getting the workouts done. And that is understandable. What I'm talking about, it's, it's not that hard to put together a routine that will be successful for you or for your clients. Just stick to those nine principles. Understand their limitations. Understand their goals. And you should be pretty good. Okay? Find someone. I'm always happy to help put that together for you. But when you see things online, even if those coaches aren't going to be critically thinking about um, everything they are saying, if you see something that sounds, oh my gosh, why isn't my trainer doing that? Or, oh my gosh, why haven't I never seen that before? I read all the blogs. Oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. It may be. But that should be the red flag that tells you to go dig a little deeper. Understand a little bit more. Okay? And and that's all I'm saying. So, not to discredit all these woke coaches, but they're generally trying to hone in on one specific thing and make it sound overly complicated. Or they're trying to discredit other people by saying, if they only train this or too specific, you're going to set them up for injuries. You know, they're having an angle of some sort. So be cautious, be aware, train hard, and we'll see you soon.